Welcome to another episode of Not Another Basketball Podcast with your host, Daniel Pun. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about some Draymond Green antics. The Lakers raising their first in-season NBA trophy, led by the performances of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and some Giannis Pacers drama over a game ball. This and more on today's episode of Not Another Basketball Podcast. This has been a rough start to the NBA season for the Golden State Warriors, a mighty dynasty that has been on a certainly tough downward trend so far. Of course, they traded for Chris Paul over the offseason, shipping away Jordan Poole, who was butting heads with Draymond Green, but... Seemingly so, that wasn't the issue. As Draymond Green, you know, early in the year, he was suspended five games for putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. And to think that was not the last of Draymond Green antics, and he's back again, this time doing a Street Fighter 360 backhand move, punching Yusuf Nurkic, and getting thrown out of that game, not a good look. And to add insult to injury, with his given history, from the nut kick to Steven Adams, to just barreling Jalen Green, and curb stomping Sabonis in the playoffs last year, Adam Silver has laid down the hammer and suspended Draymond Green indefinitely. I'm really hoping that Draymond can get the help that he needs because this seems like an issue beyond basketball when he's acting in such a way that is actively putting harm and the threat of harm to people who are matched up against him. It's not, it's not a good look. And it's definitely not helping the NBA's branding if they're having a player from a such a prolific and renowned team coming into arenas and just socking people, right? So hopefully Draymond can get the help that he needs. I think that this will ultimately help the Warriors in the long run too. Because he has been a negative on their team thus far. Of course, the Warriors in general outside of Stephen Curry, who isn't and hasn't been perfect this season by no means, but has been their only source of like consistent offense and the only reason that they're actually staying in games. Because for the most part... Clay Thompson, he had that great game last night, but as a se- uh, throughout the season as a whole, he has not been performing the way that we've seen Clay Thompson have in the past. And, uh, and ultimately, that is natural. I think the most recent outlier is Kevin Durant, right? He came off of an Achilles injury and seemingly since then has been playing up to his standard, if not better, in his shot selection and the way he moves his body on this Phoenix Suns team. 
he is their number one, number two guy. And we have to remind ourselves that most of the times, especially with players aging over 30, that they will regress. And the fact that Klay Thompson had two Achilles injuries along with the accumulation of wear and tear on his body, it's not surprising that he has shown regression. We are witnessing the downward trend of this dynasty, you know. Of course, they are experimenting and trying to stay competitive through things such as the Chris Paul experiment, which it's still too early to say whether or not that is a plus or a negative as we're only like a quarter of the way into the season. But I think that the fact that despite bringing Chris Paul on, their turnovers, their turnovers have still been an issue. And that could partially be contributed to issues in how they are running their offense, you know. I'm pretty sure that Steve Kerr has made that an emphasis, but it might just be a personnel issue at this point. We consider how they've been drafting as well, and really things have not worked out in that sense. Their core is aging, and they don't really have young players that they can set up to take the mantle, right? When they had the second pick in the NBA draft with that class of, like, Mello, Ant-Man, Halliburton, you know, all those guys, they ended up with a guy that's not even on their team anymore and, like, seemingly on his way out (laughs) with... James Wiseman being on the worst team in the NBA, currently on a 21-game losing streak. Along with Kuminga, who will now have increased minutes, but hasn't really seemingly taken that next step. It's a questionable future for the Golden State Warriors. And also, like... They don't even have, like, a draft pick coming up in the lottery this year because that draft pick, which if the season were to end today just based on records, would be, like, a top 10 pick. But it's owned by Portland. So their future isn't really promising at this point given that they don't have anything to look forward to as their core is aging. Curry's still going to be amazing and doing his thing, but how do they claw back and compete in such a competitive conference if they don't have anything going for them besides Stephen Curry? You know, because Curry can only get you so far, you know, 
Steve Kerr's offense, motion offense, has run around and been centered around Curry. But that can only take you so far if the other players on the team do not hold their end of the bargain. I honestly don't know how the Golden State Warriors necessarily turn this around because Chris Paul's a dinosaur at this point, right? Curry's going to do his thing. The only way I can see this turning around, if they make some sort of trade, which I wouldn't be surprised because Mike Dunleavy, who took over as their basketball GM, made that huge move to get Chris Paul shipping out Jordan Poole. But what assets do you really have? Like, are you going to trade Clay Thompson away or Kaminga? Like, they would need some sort of way to get another quality guy that can be that Robin to Stephen Curry's Batman. It'll certainly be interesting to see how the rest of this Golden State Warrior season goes with all the drama and the issues that have been present, you know, going beyond just the Draymond Green issue, of course, but like how they've been performing and being currently sub 500. I really look forward to seeing how this team hopefully turns it around or if not we can probably see a trade coming soon as I don't imagine Mike Dunleavy who recently took over as their new GM I don't think that he'd be satisfied with the way that they're heading and I think in like a recent interview with like the press he said that he's going to give them like 15 to 20 games to uh, kind of figure it out. So like halfway into the season, closer to the, like the trade deadline, the midseason trade deadline to like really see if they need to blow it up. And obviously they're not going to blow it up, blow it up, but like really shake up their roster. So that's something to look forward to. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is the in-season tournament and what I think is a smashing success for the NBA and bringing in more casual fans. I think the fact that the Lakers also won the in-season tournament is probably the best outcome that they could have had. And hear me out on this. The idea of generating some hype for early basketball games in November and December was always an issue for the NBA in that what is going to entice the casual fan to watch a regular season game early on? There's 82 games. If you're not a diehard basketball fan or a hoop head, what's going to draw you in to a regular game in the middle of winter when you have other sports going on where there is so much more meaning such as like the NFL the in-season tournament solved an issue where there was high level competitive play it was flashy there was a lot of buzz too 
and it brought in small markets and allowed them to be competitive and compete for something, right? Both the Lakers and the Pacers were undefeated in their respective groups. And leading up to the finals in Vegas, there was a clash of a small market up-and-coming young team and a veteran big market team, which really allowed both teams to compete for something and to play at a high level, like a playoff-esque type intensity so early on that you would otherwise not be able to get unless it was like come playoff time, for example. I think that's very exciting that we got to see Tyrese Halliburton, the NBA's up-and-coming superstar, play more meaningful games. Now, he hasn't been to the playoffs yet. Hopefully, with the momentum that they gained despite losing in the finals of this in-season tournament, that they're able to make some waves, either make it past the play-in tournament or just secure seeding for this Eastern Conference playoffs. And also just having the highest pace in the NBA I think Ricarlo's offense is going to get them there. Really, the the big issue is just their defense. And I think that being that they're undersized, they have cap uh, space to work with, and just being young, there's certainly a market for them to pick up somebody that can help offset their deficits. You know, outside of Miles Turner, their defense is their kryptonite currently. Yes, they can score the ball at a high clip, but are they able to defend well enough that they can ultimately win a game, right? It's sort of the the Dallas Mavericks kind of mindset. Like, are you just going to be a highly highly competitive offensive team with a mediocre defense and just kind of hope it works out? Or are you going to be a team that can really do well on both sides? And I think that if you can get the personnel to elevate them to be a much better and poised defensive team, then they have a shot of making waves in the playoffs. But if anything, if this season doesn't work out, I think that the fact that they have shown their capacity to be one of the next up-and-coming teams to take that next step will be making them an attractive place for free agency. They have space in their cap. I think that they can really get there so long as they keep playing at the way at the pace that they are.
Speaking of the Pacers, though, how about that Pacers-Bucks game where Giannis, at home, scores a franchise record of 64 points? When I saw that stat line, I was like, wow. Like, Giannis is just that guy, right? He is the modern-day Shaq. He had a ton of free throws, granted, but in my opinion, like, people who complain about superstar players that go to the line a lot, one, you still gotta make them, right? People who complain about players such as, like, Joel Embiid, who are able to get to the line at a very high rate. It is something remarkable to be said because that is not only generating points for themselves, but just being able to foul and put your team into the bonus. It elevates everyone, right? So for someone like Giannis too, who has been notoriously a poor free throw shooter, For him to get a lot of his points from the free throw line, hey, props to him. But sadly, that's not why we're talking about the Bucks and Pacers game, as there was some drama with how that game ended because of the game ball. Like, I don't know, that that whole ordeal is so... It feels so petty. And just is why the NBA is sometimes so entertaining because you just have shenanigans like this where Giannis gets super, super upset because apparently the game ball was already given to the Pacer, one of the Pacers rookie who scored their first NBA point. And like this whole ordeal happens because Giannis was like, yeah, like one, this is you know my home court i'm the i'm the bucks guy and i scored this many points like i should get the ball right <laughs> it's just so entertaining i think that it helps the nba because like this can turn into i'm sure they're going to spin the narrative and like ter- try and turn this into like the next rivalry per se, you know? So, I think it's good for the game. It's just funny. Like, I don't even know, like, if Giannis even got the actual ball or not because he was like, he got a ball, but he feels like it's not the same ball. It's just like, all right, (laughs) at this point. Like, does it really matter? Like, probably not. But, yeah, Giannis, franchise record, and point sixty four. That's such a crazy number. But yeah, on that note, this week and a half of NBA basketball has been certainly crazy. <laughs> We're only a quarter of the way in. You know, Draymond Green socking someone, Petty fights over a game ball. It'll certainly be very interesting to see what happens, and you best know that it'll be talked about on this podcast. But yeah, on that note, this has been another episode of Not Another Basketball Podcast with Daniel Pun. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, give me a follow, 
and share it with a friend that you think might enjoy it as well. Until next time, please have a wonderful day. Cue that outro.